G'day guys, I'm Aaron Schultz and this is episode number 79 of the Outback Mind podcast. Thanks so much for joining in, episode 79. Now, something very, very topical today that uh, I'm sure will touch a lot of you out there. Um, Have you been incarcerated or does anyone that you know, have they been incarcerated, been in jail? It's fair to say that most of the people listening to this probably haven't, um, but we may know someone that has. And um, yeah, I have a really strong view on, on incarceration and really looking at the individual and why, you know, why they've ended up there. You know, are we actually paying attention to the, the history of the individual? What have they been through? What traumas have they experienced throughout their life, which has uh, made them behave the, the way that they have to, uh, to receive some punishment? But also when that punishment's received, is it, is it the right sort of punishment? Like, you know, we're fair enough, we need to discipline people, but are we actually helping them out uh, to become better people while they're in custody? And can they come outside a better person? Now, today's guest um, is a gentleman by the name of Anthony McShane. Anthony runs an organisation called MacForce. Now, what MacForce does, which is different than lots of all, all other companies, basically, that provide... Uh, labour services is they actually work with prisons to rehabilitate the individual while they're actually in prison so they can come out of out of the system and and into work so Anthony runs a a labour hire company where he works with large organisations particularly in the mining industry flying in and out um, within WA and other states now and um, Anthony had this vision years ago that he wanted to try and give guys a second chance to be able to reintegrate back into society functionally, not fall into the traps that they had previously. And um, the cycle that we have, the system that we have, we seem to, to let guys out uh, when, they're, when they're in custody or in trouble and they seem to fall back into their old habits really quickly. So one way to, to integrate into society is to get people into work uh, and also support them while they're in that role. But also to support the individual to understand themselves and actually understand who they really are underneath the behaviour and to be able to be a little bit more conscious with regards to their mental well-being but also the way that they see themselves in society. And uh, it's really important to, uh, to uh, I suppose, support people when they are vulnerable. And, and Anthony's organisation has been a pivotal part in playing a role in that um, throughout Australia. So... I was really keen to get Anthony on to talk about what he's done, but, but particularly Anthony's had a bit of a rough um, uh, trot himself over the years with regards to, to his own behaviour and where that could have led him. So through that, he's come out the other side and, and this um, you know, conversation uh, is, is basically testament to a man who's turned his life around as an individual, but also now he's so passionate about helping others uh, turn their own lives around. So I'm sure you're going to enjoy this conversation. I really encourage you to share with other people. Just want to uh, make special mention to our primary partners, uh, Green Nutritionals, Green Organic Superfoods, which really support our physical and mental health. And when our, uh, I suppose, when we, we've got deficiencies in our diet, you know, some of their supplements that they provide because it's so pure and, and natural, it's, it's so good to be able to support our, our well-being. So I really encourage you to check out their site 
Pure Life, sorry, um, green, greennutritionals.com.au. And also we get supported by Pure Life uh, Bakery. So Pure Life Bakery supplies sprouted breads. Uh, when bread's sprouted, it's much better for our digestive health. And when our digestive health uh, uh, works well, our mental health works really well as well. So I uh, really, really encourage you to, to check out their website. Their bread really loves us back. So it actually digests much better than, than traditional breads that we eat. So it's purelifebakery.com.au. Alrighty, listen to Anthony and I going at it. I'm sure this is going to be a pretty detailed, deep conversation. I'm sure you'll enjoy. Anthony McShane, welcome to the Outback Mind podcast. Thank you, Aaron, and absolute uh, honour to be here and uh, have a good chat and good chat with the listeners. And um, yeah, real, real privilege. It is, mate, and I'm privileged to have you along here. You know, I'm, I'm very aligned with what you're doing and. Um, uh, it's much needed and, and a lot of respect for you for you know for what you've done and what you're continuing to do. So really, uh, really grateful for you to come along and have a chat, mate. Thanks a lot, mate. I'm really excited. So uh, just really great to bump into you and uh, this awareness is just growing and growing around mental health and, and just uh, health in general. So... Um, you know, we all learn from each other, don't we? Absolutely, so. mate. Well, once upon a time, we were all really guarded. We wouldn't talk to each other, but now it's, it's opening up and, you know, we're just on the on the verge of, of that. Uh, as you know, with regards to, you know, sort of, I suppose, giving people tools to be able to be more self-aware and help people that are less fortunate than ourselves to be able to reach their potential. And, um, you know, we're going to talk more about what you're doing uh, as time goes with this podcast, mate. But I'd really like to know a bit about your background, you know, where you were brought up, sort of uh, how life evolved, sort of how you may have went off the rails there for a period of time and, and all that type of stuff to where you are now, mate. So your your, uh, your turn, you can give us as much time as you need with this one. Oh, awesome, Aaron. Thanks, <laughs> thanks a lot. It's funny, it's funny when you turn around and look back and um, at, how, at how things panned out because I believe we all, we all pop out, of, you know, after school and we've got all these uh, ambitions and goals and think the world's going to be a certain way and as we all know it never is and you know along comes the pandemic to really prove that to a lot of us but um yeah so i I grew up all through sort of rural and um metro wa i'm wa born and bred um and so i sort of was lucky enough to live all over all over the state and and have a bunch of experiences surfed fish played footy that type of thing and um didn't really have much direction as I headed out of uh, school, that's for sure. You know, I worked in shops and construction and uh, then I decided I want to be a fisherman because I thought I was pretty good at it. Um, and I was lucky enough to meet my soulmate and got married really early and before you know it, I'm 27 and we've got four kids and just sort of threw ourselves wholeheartedly into parenting life. Uh, my dad... My dad died when I was uh, three months old and, you know, I watched my mum, you know, raise seven kids, so I'd never had sort of that father figure and I guess I mm-hmm. fell into being a really proud dad um, to four great, great kids uh, really early. I guess that, that came natural and um, so, you know, the, the, certainly the home life and the relationship was really strong from my early, early 20s and then I was just bumbling my way through different different types of work. I, I become a cray fisherman for 10 years and um, I'd like to think I excelled at that before you knew, knew it. I was driving a boat and skippering 
skippering the wild ocean in all sorts of pockets, um, which was just an amazing lifestyle, you know. Um, Ray took the kids out to the Brolis Islands and we, we worked out there and just, you know, some really good people and really good uh, really good circumstances to be in. Um, and I never had any ambition to study or anything like that. was very physical with my hands and sort of getting into construction uh, and 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 a little bit of mining, and I sort of walked away from fishing just for, for a wide range of reasons. But one of those was I um, found myself bankrupt um, through mismanagement of uh, my own personal affairs, and and I guess that started a little bit of the. Um, I was always really really confident. I guess I, I thought I could conquer anything that I took on, and. Um, Look, looking back now, I, a bit of that fear that we all get started to creep in there. Mm-hmm. Um, we all get fear for a whole different reasons. It's one of the most crippling, crippling things we tackle, isn't it? And uh, I, I thought, wow, it shouldn't be this hard. Here I am, a father of four, and um, and we're bankrupt. And I, 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 I set us back ten years, I guess. Yeah. Um, I sort of. I'd always party. I'd always love a drink, and I'd smoke a joint and um, whatever else. And you know, been the you know really liked that free and easy type of lifestyle. But I but always knew how to work hard and make money. And I guess uh, I, I then went into mining and construction, and um, you know, worked my way up in mining and started. Um, you know, I've, I've worked. A kilometre and a half underground, I've worked 200 kilometres out to sea, I've worked in mine sites all the way around Australia, I've you know, done, done, done a lot of things right through to running teams of men of 50 to 70 guys and, and everything that comes with that and right through to going into boardrooms and winning $10, 20000000 million contracts, all of it. All of it while sort of working away from my family and missing out on a lot of things. I guess a lot, a lot of, a lot of you know family events and certainly um, just even day to day living. Let's face it, we don't have a family or or surround ourselves in loved ones not to be around them. Mm. So, so I've sort of done that for eight years, FIFO and mining and construction and, and all that, and then just was still sort of unfulfilled. And around the age of forty three, I started to sort of really look in, inboard and have a good look at um, why I was still sort of, I guess, hitting drugs and alcohol and feeling unfulfilled no matter how good a job I got or or, or whatever. And I think a lot of us do that. Mm. Um, And, yeah, sort of had a real good look inside and and I broke away. I broke away from that fear and I started started the company that we've, we've got today, which is... Allow, allowed me to sort of start fulfilling what I'm here for, which is helping others and um, giving compassion to others and giving people second opportunities and things like that um, via employment. And um, so, yeah, so now we've got a company that is a uh, it's an employment employment company in the mining construction industry. I've had it for four years. It's doing really well. Um, and it's not just about employing people. We're actually mentoring them on all, all sorts of things in life, like a really holistic outlook, because just in my journey, I've watched so many broken souls. I've, I've been surrounded by suicide. I've been broken homes and all that. As, as men, I guess, we spend so much of our time, and it doesn't necessarily need to be in a FIFO existence, um, 
It can be just working around the corner from home. You're still spending so much time apart from loved ones and on your own or with other guys. And um, there's so much wrong about our work culture. And, and, and we're not... We're slowly getting better, but for a long time there, working through the 90s, you know, a lot of the 90s and early 2000s, it was really sort of really old school and uh, in regards to looking after each other. So, yeah, we're doing some great initiatives, which we'll obviously talk about, but that's sort of how I got to where I am now. Um, a, bit, a, bit of the, a bit of the backlog, I guess, Aaron. <laughs> so, mate, so yeah. you're, how old are you? You're 40, coming out 48, is that right? 48, and I um, I only really worked out what I wanted to, what I was here for, and what I was meant to do. Um, when I was like 43, 44, and, and the last few years have been the most amazing years of my life. Um, yeah, and that, that's the journey we go on, isn't it? We just sort of we just feel our way through it, and and quite often without much guidance or just thinking we're doing what we're doing is the best thing. For that moment, and, and it often is, isn't it? It's, it? We're all doing our best, but yeah, I, I think certainly looking inboard as opposed to outside really sort of set the tone for some really big leaps in, in my own personal development. So. Purpose, that's it, mate. It's it's really interesting. I'm gonna I'm gonna divert here a little bit, but I just went for a, a walk for about two hours before I jumped on to do this, and. Um, Something come to me on my walk, and it's very relevant with uh, with what you've just gone through. Uh, my next door neighbour in in Tassie was a beautiful fellow by the name of Peter Kelly, and Peter had, was a cray fisherman. He also had a civil construction business, very wealthy, very successful. I went to his funeral a few years ago. He was forty nine, and wow. um, I I saw similarities in Peter as I do in you. You know. Uh, yeah. And that comes to me on my walk, and um, <laughs> and I sort of said to myself when I was at his funeral, I, I cannot let this happen to to other people, you know. So Peter Peter worked hard, but he also drank hard, and he didn't look after himself, you know. But I knew deep down he wanted to. He'd see me out running and stuff, and he'd always like have a bit of a sad look on his face, you know, because I know he wanted to do that, but he was so tied up in his job. And um, yeah. I know deep down he wanted to look after himself, but he just got himself into too much, um, uh, I suppose, commitment with regards to what he was doing to paying attention to his well-being. And unfortunately, he passed away. But also two years later, his beautiful wife passed away uh, and left three kids, you know. And, um, yeah, I, I was sort of... Uh, Amongst that a little bit, so I wasn't overly close with him. I sort of watched his journey and I saw a man that was, you know, very, very driven uh, about what he was doing, sort of work himself into the grave, uh, you know, so to speak. And, um, yeah, you know, I don't want this sort of thing happening um, with other guys. You know, we, we put a lot of time into our work, uh, particularly if you're doing your fly-fi work like you and, um, and not being able to balance that out and, you know, hitting the booze and the drugs and that in our downtime. And, and, you know, full credit to you to be able to sort of have that realisation when you did it 43, 44, because, you know, if we don't do these sorts of things and we can hit the skids pretty quickly and we can um, you know, get health problems and, and really the, the body's smarter than us. It'll actually tell us things um, are wrong, but we just choose to ignore them as guys, I suppose, at the end of the day. Wow, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Um, many of us are often overachievers. I think 
as as blokes, you, you you want to achieve, you want to be that you know top of the pedestal or at least ahead of the pack. Or you know how many how many people do you know talk it up over a beer? <laughs> Put it that way. So, but but when it's not going right, we, we literally work ourselves into the ground to, to get like that to to have success and thinking that that's the fulfilment piece and. And we're not climbed on ourselves. Like, we'll, we will work ourselves into the ground 70, 80, 90 hours a week and then and then make sure we party just as hard. And the fishing industry, I can imagine what it was like over there. The fishing industry on the West Coast is the most, like, d- during the late 90s, early 2000s when I was involved, um, it's certainly cleaned its way up. But it, it, was, it was the Wild West. It was the absolute Wild West. And you partied as hard as you, as you worked. Mm-hmm. And um and it and it just becomes a lifestyle, you know, mm-hmm. and and you know I'm sure many different pockets of Australia can can um, you know relate to that with different work like you know the underground mining industry, just just different construction industries and things like that. Mm-hmm. So we're slowly waking up. We've got to be kind to ourselves, otherwise we're not going to live past fifty. You yes. know, so. You know, and and it goes right into giving others compassion and things like that because, um, yeah, that's the biggest. That's one of my biggest takeaways over the last few years is actually learning to love every bit of you, a bit of yourself, and then you can you can pass that on to others, can't you? And that's that's where some really um, ripple effect type of stuff can happen with this. Yeah, absolutely, mate, and. Um that that's the thing so what you've just described is we've sort of come out of the school system you know pretty confused a lot of us and we just think we've got to put all our energy into being successful to to have the toys and stuff to to show that we've done well but at the end of the day if we're not looking after ourselves and that's not really worth a lot if, if we're not around and on that walk you know i thought of two friends of my dad's that i went to a funeral for uh when i was a young fellow they were both sort of early 50s and you know, they, they punished themselves really hard with booze and so forth, but also at their wakes, everyone was getting smashed, you know. So, you know... The, it's the, our culture. Yeah. <laughs> it's yeah, our culture. Yeah, that's it. it. The, but, but that's, that's not good enough. No, that's right. But, but see, at the time, you know, I, I, I saw that as a young fella and I observed it and I actually understood that, that that was the problem, but I got swept away on my own journey of getting caught up on in the soup and and then hitting the booze and all that sort of stuff too because you know I was just so out of balance and so un- unconscious of my, my 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 feelings and emotions and that that booze was the only way to to, to to manage it I guess and you know that that's something we've got to be able to um to to you know be be aware of otherwise it can sort of certainly get away uh, from us mate so. I just want to, you know, obviously we're going to talk a bit about your passion, but, um, uh, you know, with regards to yourself, so what was that, that, that sort of switch that flicked for you when all that fear was underneath, uh, you wanting to make a change and a difference, what was that that actually sort of said to you, yep, I'm confident enough to do this to be able to step in and, and, and go into what you're doing now? Um. There was definitely a burning, a burning underneath, and I think of 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 wanting to get out of the job, or sometimes it's a relationship. It sometimes it can be a town that you live in, or the crowd that you're hanging around. There's we we all get this burning underwell, uh, underlying feeling of wanting change. So that was I, I was good at my job. I was a high flying manager in the mining industry, but. 
I, I wanted to create my own lifestyle where I had control over it. So like many entrepreneurs, let's call them, you know, people who start their own businesses and chase, chase, chase their own sort of control via a business, that's, that's essentially what I wanted. But there was still this fear and I, um, I had a, a business coach at the time and he just, he sowed a seed and he said, because it's funny, we get all this bravado and I'm going to do this, I'm going to do that, you watch me do this. And he goes, well, why haven't you done it yet? Mm. And I think that was one, one question that just hit me right between the eyes. And yes, it sounds quite a simple question, but you've you got to answer it truthfully. You know, it's not just, well, I haven't had enough money or I haven't had this or I haven't had that because they're just all piss-poor excuses and you're not leaning into the resources or your own resourcefulness as to why you can't achieve something. Mm. So I had to have a good look and it was a, it was a fear. It was actually, for me, it was a fear, a fear of um, how, how much, how, I know it sounds wanky, but <laughs> a fear of how big, and, and great an impact I, I could have as opposed to a fear to failure. Quite often we think it's a fear of failure that's stopping us, mm. but it's actually a fear of how big and how brilliant and how much of a bright light that you could shine on others and how content you can feel as a human being. And I know that sounds deep, but it's a, I know it's the truth. Mm. Um, and and it, cert- well, it certainly was for me. And, and, I, and that was... I actually got to a point where I had no, had, I find very little fear in it. You, you think your way through challenging circumstances, but that gut-wrenching fear of I'm going to lose my house, I'm going to lose everything, um, the, or, you know, my wife's going to leave me, we're going to have to sell everything and I'm going to be bankrupt like mm. I was for 10 years, mm, yeah. that, that actually doesn't pop in again. So I've been to hell and back in that regard. So it was a very real fear. But once I addressed that, and, and, and address that at its core. It was gone. It was pushed, pushed out and, and gone. So, um, yeah, and I've just yeah, always been a bit of an empath. I saw a bit of a gap in the market as to what was happening about the way that we were employing. Um, you know, obviously with any business, you want to you know a lot about it before you start a business. You don't, you know, you don't go off and make jam and, and you've never made jam and, and think you're going to be a, a <laughs> you know, break records but yeah it certainly came easy employing people i'm a real people person um and just the just the buzz of um getting someone a job and turning their life around and you know creating a bit of certainty when they haven't got certainty is um that never gets old that never gets old so that's true and i know that feeling really well and uh and that that's heart-centered um uh behavior emotions that's caught that but really the driver previous to that was ego, you know. So, so you were you were driven by by you know status and success. But once you actually tapped into your heart and you were able to open that heart up and, and fearlessly do that, then everything sort of has evolved. And imagine if you hadn't have done that, mate. Like how many people would be still in the same situation that uh, that they once were? Now, we're going to talk a bit about what it is that you do, which is different than 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 everyone else. Basically, is you've gone out of your comfort zone to try and turn guys' lives around that are incarcerated to be able to uh, provide employment pathways for them, which, which as, I, as I mentioned, which they would never have had if you hadn't made that decision. So, so what was the, what was the, the differentiator, uh, differentiator with that, mate? Why did, you, why did you see a real calling and a need to do this? Um, 
So I knew I knew the information that I had compiled through my whole career, and then my knowledge of gaps in the mining and trading, you know, training and where to put guys and what skills were needed. And I knew I had a big chunk of information, and I just thought that needed to be shared. Mm. Shared. I mean, I was sharing it in my business anyway. And I saw. I went to a. I went to an expo, um, and it said. It was about a prisoner employment program. I thought, geez, that's really interesting. I'll fit in and listen to that talker. And um, that that lady runs a program in one of the regional prisons in WA, and she's a you know great friend of mine now. And I was just intrigued. I, I knew nothing about it. I hadn't been to jail, but one thing I do know: I, I, everyone knows someone goes to jail. I sure as hell know that through drug dealing and drug taking, I probably should have gone to jail. Um, you know, many people know that they're pretty lucky to um, just just have, have not done a little stint in there. So it affects many of us, and it was just a really an unknown for me, and it was a bit of a, a curiosity step. I wanted to find out more, and I got invited to a graduation of an Indigenous program where they really tap into their heart, their culture, why they derailed, and it's a three-month program. It's a really really successful program um, and I went along to this graduation and I was absolutely moved and I said can I can I have the, at the next intake can I come and do a bit of a chat I want to share some information and and uh, I really got off on it I was talking to some guys who'd done 20 years and been in and out of prison and um, uh, they were they just opened opened up like a you know a book and just absolutely told me told me everything about them and where they want to go and the changes they've made and I thought wow this is really impactful uh, then I then I started going into the major prisons into their big pre-release units and um, I compiled a bit of a talk and I walked them through all the opportunities that, that exist Australia wide and how to write a resume how to tap into all the job active money that absolutely exists for these guys to reskill and uh, um, and you know uh, bridge the pathway in, in the, their gaps of skill and things like that, mm. and, um, and and it just got bigger and bigger from there. So I've been doing it now for uh, you know close on three years. We've done countless amounts of presentations around WA and lots of different graduations and things like that. We've employed. We've employed about 55, I think, at the moment, but it changes every week. We've directly employed about 55 ex-offenders. We've gone one-on-one -on -one with hundreds of them and, you know, spoken to thousands. So I've been into every WA prison in the metro area and some of the regional, and now I've got a schedule of uh, popping in there every three months. And I guess we're, we're it's not all that we do as a company, but it's a really significant social impact piece and, and something that really... Oh, absolutely fulfills me and my great team that I'm surrounded by that we're making a difference and and um, yeah it's just it's, it's just awesome I've got there's so much great feedback when when you when you're opening a door for someone who would rather just go and do crime and deal a whole heap of drugs and go and ruin themselves and ruin other people and and things like that and and turn them around and show that show that we're trying to break down the stigma of employing ex-offenders. And a lot of it goes back to them as humans. Like, if they're thinking that they can't get employment and everyone uh, disrespects for them and they hate themselves for what they've done, well, they're never going to get anywhere. So we really look at each other in the eye. We go, I don't care about what you've done in the past. Let's talk about the now and let's talk about the future. 
and really start to equip them with some skills so they don't go doing the dumb shit that got them in there and rotted half their lives in a, in a pen of people who are just at the lowest ebb in their life. It's, um, mm. it's, it's awesome to be involved in. And now we're taking it Australia-wide. Um, <clears throat> we've got an ex-defender program. I've got nearly every state in Australia interested in what we're doing. And, you know, prior to this little outbreak of COVID, uh, you know, I was in a different state. And just kind of look at a different, different outlook on, on, um, on lift. I'm, you know, I've, I've, I've lived life. I know how to relate to these guys. I've come in fresh. I'm not a government body. I've come in looking at the whole lot differently, and we're getting huge outcomes. Out of those 55, one guy has gone broken parole, and we've got him a job on the other side. There isn't a there isn't a program like it that exists um, with the success rate that we have. So I'm really I'm really proud. I'm super proud. Yeah, mate. Um, look, it actually makes the hair stand up on the back of my neck. You know, I'm thinking about my time when I was doing labour hire and recruitment, and you know, nine out of ten guys would not tell you the truth, but the one that would tell me the truth about what had actually happened uh, to him, um, I'd I'd back him, you know, and I'd get him a job, and I'd I'd walk the path with him until he sort of was able to stand on his own two feet and get through. I can tell you about Scott. Like Scott, come to see me. He was. 25, 26 years ago, he um, openly admitted that he had a problem with heroin. He was off it for three months. He was clean. He was feeling good. He was back with his partner. And I said, mate, okay, I'm going to make a phone call. While he sat on the other side of the desk, I called up Mick and I said, Mick, I've got a guy here. I know you're looking for staff. I think this young fellow will be good. Trust me. Uh, he said, yep, can he start tomorrow? No worries. So he did. And um, yeah, look, it was rocky for a few months. Lots of self-doubt, fear, all those sorts of things, as you, as you alluded to as well. But that guy is still in that role now. And I think that's probably over 10 years um, that he's actually been in that role. And uh, still to this day, he, um, he acknowledges you know, that opportunity that I gave him and that phone call that I gave him and uh, sorry, that, I, that I did for him. And uh, you know, now he's a supervisor there, but you know, geez, mate, if, if no one had actually given him an opportunity, he could have went back uh, the other way really quickly. And you know, with what you you're doing now and some of the, the stories that you could tell, I'm sure there's multiple um, you know Scots out there which which you've been able to assist over the years. Yeah, absolutely. And we're stuck. You know, we've got a really good list of guys, but they're, they're guys who have done intergenerational crime. And I mean 16, 17 years of hard crime and, you know, some re- you know, really big links to different organisations and things like that, right through to the guy who, you know, his, his, his dad died, um, his dad died unexpectedly and he's a young dude and gone off the rails, hit the drugs, next minute he's been done for dealing or he's been in a car chase or something. Just that that really sharp increase of doing stupid shit. And we all know people. We all know people like this. Um, a, a mate suicides. They don't know how to handle it. And, and they go off and, and next minute they're staring at a cell. And I, the amount of guys who actually say, I'm glad I'm in here, because it's made them face life. It's made them face what they were doing. They were running around. They were living in their ego, like you said before, absolutely living in the ego, these guys. You know, I'm, I'm dealing, I'm driving fast, I'm punching, punching more guys in the head, I'm dealing guns, I'm blah, 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 all those things. It's, it's ego-driven, isn't it? Mm. So, so 
some of these guys have massive, um, massive happiness. <laughs> not, not, not happiness, more gratitude for the fact that they have been pulled up and they've been dragged in there and they, they can't see their family, you know, and, and things like that because it makes them have a good hard look at themselves. The, the stats say that ex businesses that employ ex-offenders have something like 78% and overwhelming um, good experience when they employ an, employ an ex-offender. And we've certainly found that. They are, they are really respectful and thankful of the opportunity and, and they get in there and they do the hard work and get going because they see it as this massive opportunity to um, change that that wrong story from the past. You know, this shit that's gone gone askew or off track. You know, um, and and they're, and they're super super grateful for just getting back on board. And and that yeah, so yeah, it's um it's it's certainly the most interesting work. Did, did I? Did I still out of year 12 and think that I would be um, sitting opposite guys in prisons all over, you know, all over Australia and sharing my experiences and certainly, you know, um, creating opportunities and talking to them straight down the line? No, I didn't. But, geez, I love every minute of it and um, it certainly really fulfills, fulfills me. And, and to, to see the social impact of families turning around, um, you know, whole families who were sitting there waiting for the, the the mother or the father to come back from prison they want they want to see change they they don't want to keep living this life that they that they're that they're leading you know mm -hmm. and um and the guys in prison they they don't want to be there they they didn't know how they got there half the time they got in a psychotic days or whatever it was or got led astray and weren't strong enough and um in, ended up there man so yeah it's, it's awesome it's interesting, mate. Uh, we still have the um, the punishment mindset when someone does something wrong, but we never actually look at uh, you know what's happened behind that and the trauma that's actually hurt, occurred to the individual. We're just sort of focusing on the on the uh, on the act or the crime, and then and then and then reacting to that. But you know, my my whole view on this is we need to have compassion for the individual on why they've offended. Yes, we may give them a holiday. But while we give them a holiday, we want to try and help them and, and, and transform them to be able to be more conscious and self-aware. And I've had the conversation with you. I had a real fascination with this as a young fella. I remember going into prisons, you know, when I was, I was quite young and just observing what was going on and, uh, and just seeing these guys that were really lost. And you know, prior to that, I was, I was the kid that sort of befriended the school bullies and um, I looked at them as individuals and why they behave a certain way. And, you know, one guy that I, I, I've been, well, I was really close friends with uh, for a long time. You know, I've only just sort of recently looked at it uh, more deeply, but he was abused as a young fellow, but no one ever knew about that, you know, and his behaviour was really erratic. Um, and, you know, a lot of Indigenous boys that I was at school with, I seemed to be able to, to develop an awareness and understanding of them as, as individuals behind, beyond their behaviour, I suppose. And, you know, ever since then, it's been a really interesting journey for me because I've really wanted to, to do what I can to help those guys. And, you know, there's multiple stories of, of, of individuals that, are, that have become lost because of, you know, behaviour that they've observed and they've taken it on themselves and they've just sort of kept going around that cycle. And what you're doing now, mate, is interrupting that cycle. And, and that's... That's the whole 
that's the whole justice system, you know, uh, in its essence that, that could be, you know, actually being able to, 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 to lead people that way rather than punish them and just have them repeat the cycle again. Would you agree? Yeah, yeah, abs- yeah, absolutely. So the more, I mean, my dream was to bring more and more companies in, 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 into the uh, corrective services and, and really unplug this, this look, it's a, it is a massive um, base of skills and people who um, should be working, should be contributing to, to society in a, in a fulfilling way. Uh, the more companies that could sort of um, tap into what we're doing is just going to open up that more and more and more. And you're going to have, you're, just, you're actually going to have less crime, less, Less traumatic households, traumatic upbringings, um, you know, people not living their true selves or, you know, continue to living a, a poorer version of themselves. So the more that we can break down the stigma of employing ex-offenders, yes, that's something that they've done in the past, giving them a second chance, then it, it, re- it really does open up a, a broader, you know, it's a broader picture of what we're talking about. It's, it's bigger change across the board. It, it, as I, you know, go on walks like yourself, I, it got me thinking about what is it about the second chance. And us as humans, whether we've gone to jail or not, men or women, we don't give ourselves a second chance. Because mm. we, we're high achievers, um, whether it be um, we've eaten too much and got fatter, whether we've taken that same girlfriend or boyfriend that we know we shouldn't do, but we do it. Um, whether we didn't do as good at sport or we didn't do as good as what we thought at, at work that day, whatever it is, we beat ourselves up. We beat ourselves up more, uh, better than the bully around the corner, don't we? And and being kind to yourself and others is where the heart, the heart of it the heart of it is. And in prison, I talk about that. I talk about when they get out. I mean, many of these guys are addicted to ice and um, and, and addicted to heroin and stuff like that. Um, or, or they, or they, their mates come around and they want to go and steal a car together, whatever it is. And I, I talk about, I talk about when you get that urge, or when you, when you do go and have a drink, or you have a hit of vice, or whatever it is. Is as, as they came, as they become more and more aware, or as we become more and more aware, you know you shouldn't do it, right? We all know that we shouldn't do it, but what we got to make sure we don't do is beat ourselves up to when we do do it, that it then just spirals down that same old pathway, that same old story. Well, I am a piece of shit. Have a look at me. I'm, I'm ticking the boxes here. I'm back on it. Or I'm back hanging around the wrong crew. Or I'm back eating that crap. Or I'm back drinking myself stupid. Whatever it is, mm. it's actually being kind to yourself. You know, okay, I didn't want it to go down that, but I did. And to some of these guys coming straight out of prison, the, the turnaround rate for him to going back into prison is ridiculous, absolutely ridiculous. And and if we can just get that mindset, swap that mindset to say, yes, yes, you do want to walk away from drugs and do all the rehab and all that. But if you falter, don't beat yourself up about it. Like, don't give yourself a second chance. Give yourself a third, fourth, fifth. If I didn't give myself 10 or 15 chances, I wouldn't even be doing what I'm doing here now. I wouldn't even be alive and I'd be still wallowing in my own shit, and so would many of us, you know? So for me, for me, I'm thinking, what is second chances? Well, it's, it's second chance, but it's actually third, fourth, fifth, sixth. If we're not going to give each other ten chances and give ourselves chances, well, we're really hurting ourselves before we get going. Mm. 
Absolutely, but see, mate, I just think we we lack the self awareness to do that. You know, I, I've 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 had the conversation with you about getting in and actually like rehabilitating these guys to a deeper level so they can understand themselves. So when they get out, they're resilient. You know, they're, they're, yeah. there's, there's no ego. They can actually understand who they are and have coherence uh, to be able to understand their emotions and have their emotions, thoughts and feelings working as one and to be able to give them the tools and skills and knowledge to be able to do that. And if they can sort of push away from the old mates and the old uh, habits and so forth by seeing it for what it is, then all of a sudden that individual isn't going to go back on that same pathway or on the hamster wheel and then sort of end up where they where they came from. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and, and one of those awarenesses is, is around your peers... And that guy, it's funny, when we interview people, we say, how do you handle a dickhead? Because there's so many dickheads, right? And it's a bit of a, a, bit of a, tr- a loaded question. <laughs> we, we interview a bit different in our company. But it's, and, and most of them say, oh, I'm pretty chilled, you know, I'd, I'd, go, you know, I'd try to talk it out with them. But more and more we get, we're, getting, we're getting answers and we're having conversations around more Maybe we've got to ask that guy who's really grating on your nerves, who's aggro, who's, who's challenging everyone in the group, who um, just absolutely winds you up. Maybe we've got to ask him what's wrong. How, how are you going? Like, how, what's going on, man? Because quite often he might be financially stressed. He's got troubles at home with kids, uh, kids or wives, or um, his mum might have died, or he found out something about his health. I mean, how many things could actually be wrong? Lots and lots of things. But we actually, we actually put up a wall and put up that block, especially as blokes, when, when we're confronted. So some of that awareness you just spoke of is absolutely, it's creeping in there. And then as you know, with the great work you do, it, it is becoming more and more. Um, people are, are really open to it. And if I can go into, you know, um, high-risk prisons and, and things like that, and I'm starting to hear it from in there, well, you know, people in there are going, well, this isn't all it lies that exists in life, you know, that this isn't what it's all about and I just, I just, you know, we have some really good chats or I don't let so-and-so get to me. I mean, it's showing that there is a really um, a bubbling of awareness coming through, you know, from the ground up. So. Yeah, society really, unfortunately, mate, I think we're in a pivotal time at the moment, society is really distracting us to become unhealthful you know in many ways there's there's so much influence out there to eat bad and to drink and do all those sorts of things and as soon as you lose your emotions you go back to you know the old habits really quickly and um it's being able to sort of as i've mentioned understand yourself We, we weren't taught this stuff at school you know slow your mind down get connected to your heart be able to actually like get back to that real stuff because when you do the fuck ups you're only going to come back to that anyway so why not have the ability to be able to see it for what it is and then sort of come back to that, that innate knowing that you have within this, inside yourself because those emotional charges will pass quite quickly. But as men, we just don't really have the uh, awareness around, you know, understanding when our mind's at speed, how to sort of slow it down again. That's right. And that's from just intergenerational, isn't it? And certainly the culture. You know, has really, really jammed that, jammed that into us. I mean, you, you, you tapped on it before about what we learn at school, and a big thing for me is finance. 
and, and money because I believe the bulk of the stresses that are coming out of households everywhere is, is, is an understanding of, of money. And I, I certainly um, have been down that path, been to the bottom of the barrel and really um, having to teach myself, surround myself in, in the right people, read books, like learn, 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 learn. But um, to, we spend so much time earning money, yet it all flies out the back door because we... We don't want to have honest conversations and about it, and quite often we weren't taught. Uh, we weren't taught a lot coming through school or different parents or, or uh, adults around us. You know, mm-hmm. we we came we came out of that period with this real scattered approach of what money is. You know, you'd hear, oh, you've got to get into shares, you've got to get into this, or stay in your job for twenty five years, and it it wasn't like that, was it? You know, it's. You know, and next minute you find yourself in financial ruins, or you're living from week to week, and the stresses that come with that, I believe, are you know, a large contributor to just mass anxiety through through uh, throughout Australia and through much of the world. Is just learning learning a lot more about it. I did an interesting thing um, before I left working up up north because I was a project manager up there and running all these guys on site and. You know, you have your toolbox meetings where you sit there and normally talk about, um, uh, you know, safety issues on site and all that. And I knew it would be my last time on site. And I and I got got all the guys in the room and I said, right, I said, I'm not going to let you go back to work until we've had a really good talk about money. And they all sat there with their arms folded and I said, well, you can sit there like that because I know it's taboo, but I said... We're all really a bunch of really dumb guys. If we come to work for 90 hours a week, and um, and we all think that we've got money under control, and we just had this really open conversation, and I'm talking 30, 40 guys in the room, <clears throat> where I just had a, I created this big open space for everyone to just chip in, and and oh, it was absolutely magic. People were talking about you know, what they've done with super to get all their super back together. They're talking about how, you know, refinancing mortgages, about different loans, not what to do, how to re- read Barefoot Investor, um, you know, setting up other accounts, just all this really 101 stuff. Um, and and well, I had guys coming out of that saying in 20 years of being in the industry, and I mean, these guys, everyone earns good money up there, man, and they're, and they're, they're working poor. They're hocked up to the eyeballs. They've got high interest loans or whatever. Mm-hmm. And they're stressed. They come to work stressed. They, um, I've had guys fly in and say, man, you've got to let me do six weeks straight because I've got bills up to my eyeballs. I mean, what a way to start the next six weeks of your life, just hinging on the fact that, you know, you, you need to get the next couple of weeks and the next couple of weeks and the next couple of weeks. Mm-hmm. So, so... <laughs> Yeah, and I tell you, all the guys jumped in their cars and drove off and everyone was chatting about money and I, I was that happy. And, and it should be, you know, I'm not a financial advisor, I let each other <laughs> have to be careful of that one, but I certainly make sure, um, you know, everyone's talking and passing on those, just those basic tips that they've learned because, you know, and as it was, there were two or three guys in the room that were really close to bankruptcy and I was able to talk to them about that because I'd been bankrupt and other guys had three houses some people were just about to buy a house and everything in between. So, yeah, these so really good conversations and awareness and around big topics like that, big topics like relationships, talking about how you feel inside, 
is, uh, yeah, if we're not going to do that, we're not going to progress, are we? Well, mate, we're, we're, we're educated to be consumers at the end of the day, and we think that's where happiness is, you know. We, we've got to have this and have that, and that just builds stress, doesn't it? And um, if you want to really be smart about it, the money is, is, is only energy. Uh, that's all it is. and It's only going to be temporary yeah. energy, but the really, the really good stuff is, is really tapping into the, the higher levels of consciousness, which are those heart heart emotions uh which are you know compassion kindness gratitude care uh, acceptance all these sorts of things once we let go of all those attachments then the suffering disappears and it's very hard to actually explain this to people until they go on their own journey and then they sort of come out the other side having some awareness of this because you know, it's always one-upmanship. You, you get the boat, then someone else will want uh, get another bigger one, then you'll want a bigger one, and all of a sudden you get yourself swept up into this, uh, into the, on, on this merry-go-round that, um, that you can't get off. And, um, you know, I, I was thinking about that on my long walk too, mate, having the jet ski and then, and then um, thinking about now I've got to, like, be really focused on work to pay for the jet ski and um, all these sorts of things, you know, and I just, I just put um, unnecessary stress on myself, which affected my mental health and my, my physical health because I'd drink to make myself feel half normal again, but then my relationship would, would, would not be good because I wouldn't be feeling good within myself. And, you know, uh, we always sort of see, you know, when you get something good, um, you, you, you have a bit of temporary happiness, you might celebrate, but usually after that celebration, you feel shithouse, you know, so... It's being yep. being aware yep. of that, you know. It's actually being aware. Okay, I feel good. Sit with it for a moment, so you can actually embrace it, and then you can let it go. And this is where you know practices like meditation that are really so important because it actually like gives us the ability to be able to ride through the emotions. And and these are the skills that these guys in these job sites I really believe you know, need to learn because if they can understand their emotions and their intelligence emotionally then all of a sudden those sorts of situations where they're going to get themselves in a hock that they can't get out of will start to you know dissolve i guess more and more oh mate meditation is the best skill i've learned in my life and that's 100 percent. and i've only you know really tapped into it in the last two or three years um in a big way and because as especially as men, but as humans in, in general and, and overachievers or whatever, we, we, we try to we try to just force our way to get things, don't we? We try to do it in, in, in the normal normal space and time and we, uh, you know, throw our brain at things as much as we can or we go, oh, I'm going to work hard for three three months and get that thing mm. and or, 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 you know, I'm going to do that job for that long and that'll be a stepping stone to get that job and that job and... Learning the fundamentals of of meditating and um, certainly then then the, the wonderful world of being able to create and attract the future you um, to you now and 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 see see a vision of you in the future and and live it as if and and all the laws of attraction and all those amazing things that's that's where the juice is man and that's where life becomes just. Um, it happens for you and you pick up the breadcrumbs along the way and, and before you know it, these things start unravelling in your life like you never thought possible and you're, you're not doing a lot different. You're, you're just thinking about it. So the, the, biggest, the biggest thing for me was like, 
we make a bit of a joke is why, why couldn't it? Someone had told me in my early 20s all I had to do was think about what, what I wanted to achieve or what I wanted in life or what, yeah, what I wanted as a wholesome life back when I was 20 and it would start to show up. Mm. And I know that sounds uh, far-fetched to some people, but uh, it's, that's the exact truth. And just um, believing and meditating and um, focusing on the future you, uh, before you know it, 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 it starts to happen really quickly and it is, my life has just changed, you know, 100%. It's just amazing. It's just amazing from that. And, yeah... But mate, uh, look look at how many people have benefited because of that. You know, you've you've, you've decided to give yourself time for yourself and, and and settled in your mind down, so you can actually see clearly. And from that, as you know, you've been able to create such beautiful things, which have impacted so many lives. You know, to to do that, and that's why you know, getting back to what I said before about getting into prisons to be able to help these guys understand that a lot of that trauma is not their fault. That's that's step one because that gets them into the parasympathetic nervous system quickly. Oh, shit, yeah. Maybe it's because this uh, is, is why I'm behaving like this. I can let that go now. Can I let that go? Yeah, you can, mate. No worries. Let's let it go together. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. and once, you, once you can walk the path with someone and show them a practice that they can, you know, become aware of their, of their you know, thoughts, feelings, emotions, all these sorts of things – then the higher levels of consciousness start to come in and then that's when creativity starts to happen. And I really believe that's what we're meant to be doing here as humans, co-creating and doing things together and sharing and all this type of stuff to help each other. But the divisions come from the fear and the judgment and the guilt and the shame and all that sort of stuff, which really um, is is really what society um, you know, lays out for us. Unless we're not conscious of that, we can get swept up in that uh, really, really quickly. Yeah, yeah, and yeah, and and the and the ripple effect. Yeah, it's just that ripple effect from that. Like like you said, is um, you know we, we've got guys who've uh, you know done well, turned their lives around, and they can't wait to get back into prison or to to grab that guy who's uh, seeming a little bit wayward or like he's going to go right off the rails. You know, many of them just can't wait to grab that person and, and um, you know, straighten not straighten them out, but, you know, ha- have a good good chat and see where things at. And it's that mentoring, it's that mentoring, you know, ripple effect where you're getting other people teaching the same thing, much similar to what you've been doing with much of your practices. And um, that's definitely where the juice is as more people meditate or have uh, positive... Um, positive things happen in their life, more that we can just pass that on to the next person. I I read, uh, I was listening to an audio book two weeks ago that hit it in a nutshell, and Picasso said, the, um, the meaning of life is to find your gift, and the purpose of life is to give it away. And I don't think mm. that's probably the best little scenario that, that captures that for me that I've heard, is, you know, we, we, we all are on this earth, we've all got something great to give away to someone and that we all do something. As bad as, as bad a life as you think you've had, there's lessons that you've learned from those things that you're ready to pass on to people. Um, and, and, and that's where, you know, the, giving, the gift of giving comes in and there's, there's no better uh, feeling than that. Um, I, I had an interesting chat just last week with a someone who had gone to the Olympics twice 
He'd won two silver silver medals. He'd been a national champion, national hero. He'd won state and national, you know, titles, left, right and centre. Um, and, and he was in prison for three years for drug dealing. And um, he goes on, and, and, and that's right, he's bankrupt, lost his wife, still gets to see his kid. So he's gone from earning half a million dollars a year to nothing. Um, and he was that, had that much gratitude for being in there. And, I mean, he's, he, he's going to be able to hand on so much to other people from that story of living in that egotistical world of achieving to, to, to nothing and then... He's actually found his gift. Like, surely as an Olympian, you would have thought that that was it. <laughs> well, yeah, like, that's my gift. I'm good, I'm good at this thing. But it, it actually wasn't. It was actually that he fell completely off the rails, has got to rock bottom, and now he wants to be able to share that with other people. And what an amazing story. A two-time Olympian, two silver medalists for Australia is sitting in a prison somewhere, you know? Mate, what's happened there is he's he's swapped competition, which is really a low level of consciousness, which we're all taught to do when we're young. It's all compete and judge and, you know, uh, criticise and all that. And he's got to that that stage where he was, like, at the top of the tree, but really now he's getting to the the, the highest level of consciousness, consciousness, which is compassion. You know, yeah. compassion for himself and, and look at all the good that's going to come from that because all the other stuff's just ego, mate. It's got him to the top. Yeah. Got him to the top and great. We, we, we put people like that on a pedestal and make them, um, you know, idols, champions, whatever. But at the, at the other end is, is, this, is this falling and now all the growths in the falling where he can start to climb the ladder, but also climb the ladder more consciously and, and, and share from his heart, which is going to impact so many more people. Yeah, yeah. I was, I was you know, and there's so many stories like that. Well, not, you know, very similar to that. And look, as you know, that we've got some amazing things bubbling in the background where we want to take this type of work uh, nationally where... Um, we're working with returned servicemen, men and women who have um, the same challenges of being in that high sort of state of representing Australia and doing something amazingly noble and, um, you know, amazing for our society and then having to reintegrate back into society. And, you know, there's incredible suicide numbers and mental health issues with our returned servicemen and women, and there shouldn't be. Mm. So we're, we're, we're tapping into that. Uh, and I really want to create some opportunities for those men and women and um, share all the, the sort of insights that we've got. So al- along with yourself, Aaron, you know, we've got some things bubbling in background where we really want to take it on a national level. So really excited to expand what we've done. We've done some great things, but uh, I want to leave a legacy and so does my team. Of Yeah, it is, it's interesting we mentioned compassion so much. It's one of our company values it's on our wall in big letters compassion and um that's where the real uh, a, a lot of great things start is that that heartfelt compassion mm, absolutely it's our innate human nature mate at the end of the day isn't it so we've got to try and help more people get get aware of that and become more conscious of that and i believe that's the way we can help change the world uh you know in many ways because i just believe that's what we're meant to be doing here as humans and if we've got that uh, as our as our game plan, or not so much as a game plan, as our default setting, rather than being competitive or comparative, then everyone's going to benefit from that, mate. So really well said. Now, 
how can people get hold of you and, and look at uh, you know some of the beautiful work that you've, you've done and you're doing and be able to connect with you but also connect with um, with the organisation? Yeah, so my company's called Mac Force Australia. Um, so if you go to our website, you can touch base there and there's some articles on some of the things that we've done and you get a really good feel of, of what we are and who we are and you can reach out reach out to me personally via there and certainly our team if you know you're looking to change uh you know change careers or you're looking to make an impact i mean i want to build an army of people who want to make an impact for this type of thing around around australia so you can reach out to us so it's just www.macforce.com.au um yeah yeah it'd be great i'd be keen to hear from everyone so yeah we've got lots of things going on in the pipeline Appreciate it, mate. Look, uh, so grateful for the chat, Anthony. Um, you know, it's just the beginning uh, with what you've done. You've already sort of achieved so much uh, in the space that you're in, and, and there's only going to be, you know, good come from that, a ripple effect which is going to help not only, you know, other states, but also, I believe, other parts of the world uh, in its essence, mate. So you need to be really proud of yourself for what you've been able to achieve and, um, you know, really find that time to be grateful, um, you know, for, for what you've been able to do every day, just to, to, to give yourself that sense of knowing, but also be still passionate and proud about trying to, uh, you know, move forward and make a difference and, and what that can actually do to help others. So really appreciate the conversation, mate. Thanks so much, man. That means... Uh a heap and um yeah thanks for those kind words i I love what you're doing it's huge what you're doing and um i really look forward to supporting everything that you are doing as we as we keep moving along in this wonderful world that we live in (laughs) cheers mate guys thanks so much for listening in um look i just want to to uh yeah basically make special mention to what anthony's doing it's pretty unique now be able to, to you know take guys that are that are you know really really down in their luck um, going around in these you know cycles of, of, of no hope to be able to find some hope and actually divert their lives and support them while they're uh, making that transition and sustain that transition is very unique so I really encourage you to um, look at uh, Anthony's organization Mac force um, and yeah give them a shout out or Maybe you recommend them um, uh, to someone that you may know that might be looking for people, but also some if you're looking for work, I know someone that's looking for work, contact them because they have um, tremendous opportunities, um, uh, not only in WA but also in other states. So please uh, reach out to Anthony's team. If you'd like to touch base with me, support outbackmind.com.au. Visit the website outbackmind.com.au. Some new stuff uh, going up there, new things going on during the week. Please uh, look at the the partners that uh, help us out uh, and see if you can support them. Good products that basically support our physical and mental health. That's what it's all about at the end of the day. Thanks very much. Some awesome uh, podcasts coming up this week too, so stay tuned. Cheers.